This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. Every year, new cars are equipped with new ways to collect data about you, your driving, and those around you. That data has value for safety and future car features. But you can be sure that if it's a big pile of data, the government wants it. Cato's Jennifer Huddleston discusses new tech, privacy, and the long-standing third-party doctrine. How much control should we reasonably expect over the automobiles that we own? What we're seeing is that all of our devices are becoming more connected in this day and age. And that's had many benefits for us. The ability to customize certain features, the ability to do things with just our voice or with just a touch or to connect various devices that in the past weren't connected. At the same time, some people have concerns about the privacy that they may have and what types of data a device may be using. So they may, you know, expect a microwave to know how frequently it's being used or what type of food they put in it, but they may or may not expect it to know what color shirt they were wearing, for example. What we're seeing is as cars become more connected, there have been a lot of exciting applications for that, but there have also been some concerns from some consumers about what type of data those cars are gathering, who that data has been shared with, and not only who that data has been shared with in the sense of consumers trying to make choices between different companies, but also some concerns about who that data is potentially being shared with in terms of Fourth Amendment rights, and is that data being shared with certain government entities. So there have been some pieces of controversy relating to like ring doorbells and the degree to which uh, data gathered by those doorbells is just being summarily handed off to uh, police. What what are the what might be the parallel concerns with vehicles? Well, I think we all want to assume that we're the safest drivers and that we're always following the rules of the road. But I think for a lot of drivers, they recognize that they may be doing little things that are technically violation of the rules of the road. So think about going five miles over the speed limit um, in a a certain zone or or those kind of rolling through a stop sign or stoplight things or the hitting the brakes a little too hard. I think some drivers are concerned of the, is this going to lead to all of those minor infractions being easily passed over in the same way that we've seen speed cameras come about? But beyond that, I think there are also some concerns, particularly in certain populations, about, for example, is a car going to start telling the government everywhere you're going? Are we going to see, you know, particularly given some of the concerns that, oh, you took four trips instead of three trips. Why are you doing that? Are we going to see, you know, concerns about you didn't take the most eco-efficient route? Why, Why did you waste fuel that way kind of thing? And this concern about if there isn't a clear guideline around when certain data can perhaps be passed over to the government, what is the potential for abuse and what is the potential for those kind of big brother scenarios? I'm imagining the IRS telling you that you said you lived in Iowa for more than six months out of the year, but your car was in Missouri for more than six months out of the year. We need you to come explain that to us. There are myriad ways that the location of your vehicle, what you're doing while you're in your vehicle, 
could be very useful for the government, a local government or the feds to make certain determinations about you. Well, one of the potential protections and potential issues here goes back to something that we've talked about before, Caleb, and that is this idea of how should the third-party doctrine apply in this increasingly digital age? This third-party doctrine is the idea that when you share information with a third party, your expectations of privacy change um, because you know that you've shared that with another person. And so there's less of a stringent standard for the government to access that information. Now, when we think about getting in your vehicle, you know there's certain information that you're sharing with the public, but there's other information that you might not think that's being shared with everyone, what temperature you have the car or something like that. Or as you were mentioning, you know that your license plates where your vehicle is registered is is being shared, but how many trips back and forth across the state border you made, you may not expect to be being shared in the same way. So one of the things we're likely to continue to see evolve are some of these existing doctrines around government access to certain types of information. We've seen jurisprudence around Fourth Amendment application to searches of cars and things like that. We've also seen evolving decisions around the third-party doctrine in the digital age. As we see growing connected cars, we will likely see some of these same concerns arise in terms of when does the government have to have a warrant to get some of that information that you may be given to your vehicle because you find it to be beneficial to you as a user? And what requirements are there for a company that is using that, whether it's an insurance company that you're sharing that with for a discount on your insurance or the car company itself for the ability to maintain certain maintenance features or things like that? When can that information be handed over to the government? So I can see and give me where where you think the dividing line here is, because for insurance purposes, safe driver discounts that uh, a lot of insurance companies offer, the trade-off seems more clear. Right. In having this this kind of data collected by your car, you opt in to handing off that information to some private party for some clear benefit. When it comes to the government accessing that information, I think most people would be unaware of the degree to which they might be incriminating themselves without uh, giving any kind of explicit permission for the government to search this data. Caleb, I think you hit the nail on the head there. The clear difference to me is this issue of consumer choice. If I don't want to opt in to my car insurance company monitoring my driving habits and am willing to pay a higher premium, I can do that. Or if I want to change car insurance companies because maybe I trust one's data practices more than the other, I can do that. When it comes to the government's access to this data, I don't have a choice as a consumer about what is or isn't handed over to the government. And that's why it's going to be so important to have clear understandings of how the Fourth Amendment and how the third-party doctrine apply to these scenarios. All right. So to what extent are car makers cognizant of this and trying to provide their customers with some assurances about who will be accessing the data that is gathered by your vehicle? We've seen a lot more attention to kind of these questions of data in general. And there's a lot of exciting things 
going on right now when it comes to cars, particularly in the evolution of autonomous vehicles. While I'm not aware of any particular actions that we've seen from car manufacturers around this question of of potential government access to this data, I do know we have seen some states kind of start to, to expand their warrant requirements for digital data in general. One example of this is the state of Utah was the first state to kind of extend what we've seen in cases at the federal level like Carpenter from just cell phone location information to a much more general kind of digital data protection that I think would likely apply in these scenarios. And what that does is it doesn't say law enforcement can never have this information because I think we can certainly understand that there could be times when in a lawful investigation, this information is useful and obtained properly under warrant requirements. It's just saying just that. You have to treat this information the same way that you would old-fashioned brick-and-mortar paper information. You're going to have to get a warrant for it. And that provides clarity both for the consumer and for companies. Um, I think the logical next step is to hopefully see law enforcement and companies get more aware and ensure that these warrants are narrowly tailored enough that we're not seeing broad, you know, every vehicle that was in this radius kind of thing. We're seeing things that would much more resemble what you would have had in an offline age. States passing laws to require warrants, that's good. It's not quite the same thing as doing away with the third party doctrine, which uh, has long struck me and a lot of other people as just kind of incoherent. Right. I think a lot of us are trying to figure out how this third party doctrine might play out in a digital age. There's There's been a lot of question of, is it now completely outdated or can it evolve in certain ways? Are there certain actions that we still take that we know we're sharing that information with a third party, that it is akin to placing that phone call through the operator or placing or going into the bank and, and speaking aloud to a to a teller. And I think there is a possibility for the common law to evolve and adapt there. But while it would be great to have greater clarity on this issue, that we can see certain distinctions being made between, for example, the contents and the mere existence of certain types of data. What's the upside for car companies gathering this at all? I think oftentimes when we first see headlines like how much data your car is collecting about you, it's, it's a natural instinct in some people to, to kind of be concerned. Many of us very much value our privacy. But what we have seen is data can be very important to helping develop safer technology. It's going to be critically important to helping develop autonomous vehicles because, for example, in many cases, those vehicles may need to be able to talk to each other to maintain proper spacing. can also be important for understanding maintenance issues and various other elements with the car. So just the mere presence of, oh, your car is now basically a computer on wheels shouldn't be a scary thing because in many ways, that's another evolution in having safer vehicles on the road. Jennifer Huddleston is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening.